All right, y'all, welcome to another edition of FM Mission. FM Mission is for people on a mission, arts, entrepreneurship, and activism. Tonight I'm sitting with my friend and founder of My Bud Vase, Doreen Sullivan, and she is a woman on a mission and a couple of missions that tie in together here. So I want to get in and let her really tell you what she does if you're wondering what is My Bud Vase, and there's a lot to the story. But like I said, I want to let her tell it because it is such an interesting story. And I met Doreen on Folly Beach. It's been probably four or five years ago now. Yeah, probably five, I would think. Yeah. When I started this crazy mission. Yeah, so part of your story is Doreen has an amazing advertising agency that you'd built over 30 years, Mm -hmm. basically, right? Three decades of, um, I own a company called, created a company and own it called Post No Bills. And it's an advertising agency in entertainment, marketing and advertising and branding that I've um, been, you know, fortunate to spend three decades of like once in a lifetime projects. I've worked on five Super Bowls, three Olympics, um, worked with Disney's and DreamWorks and ESPN's. And I was at the top of my uh, advertising career and I pivoted into another industry with my bud vase. And that doesn't tell you much. But I will tell you that it's a vase for your bud. And so I pivoted into the cannabis space five years ago. um, So it is when I met you. You were literally... Just you started. haven't even launched my bud vase yet, right? Yeah. I You'd had some I, prototypes that, of your I, own. I think I was like, I got a secret. And, you know, it was one of those secrets, like, as any entrepreneur can identify with, and especially if there's anybody new listening here, like, if you have something you can't get out of your mind, your heart, your soul, like, you see something and you think, I'm seeing this different than everybody else. Um, those are the those are the opportunities and the gems you should go after. So, speaking of that, a, a funny story. We we both love to tell the, the comebacks, right? And what you overcame. You friends told you things like this is the dumbest idea they'd ever heard. Just oh. right, but. Charlie, Charlie, are you there, Charlie? Yeah, it's um, Charlie is actually my favorite friend who said this was the dumbest idea he's ever heard. He did, right? That's what you were told. But Charlie, like you know, at Chico Feo, like we, Charlie would actually talk to me before and after, like a Super Bowl trip, and he would be like, "I can't believe you're making this stuff." And we were playing fantasy football together, and he'd be like, "You know, how are you doing all these great things in my agency?" And then so it was natural when I told him that you know I'm going to start making bongs out of vases on the beach. When he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, can I cuss? Yeah, you, you can cuss on here. Oh, yes. good. I can, okay. yeah. This is the real deal, right? If you're going to get in the trenches, you probably go hear a little cussing. Right? <laughs> Whoops. So, anyhow, it's like it's one of those things. Um, I really, um, but we tease, we tease because you know Charlie's one of our biggest supporters. He actually came with my son to Seattle Hemp Fest and vended with us at a cannabis convention. Really? Yeah, Charlie, at a cannabis event. Yeah, I love Charlie. It was awesome. Charlie and Egg from Chico Feo, their cousin, always reminded me of my cousin. I said, I love Charlie. That's why we laugh about this story, because Charlie told her that. And as we sit here today, five years later, in Doreen's warehouse here on James Island, and there's 10,000 bongs in the... In the room back there. Do you call there. them bongs? I call them vases. Vases. Yeah, or vase bongs. But I, I really am now referring to them more as vases because, you know, that's that's how we start. No matter what we make that is a ca- cannabis consumption water pipe bong product, it starts out as a vase and it's derived from a vase and it's made, you know, in, in vase mind, you know. Is there, so. is there any legalities today to it being called a bong? I know Tommy Chong, right, from yeah, Chong's well, Bongs got him in trouble. Here's the interesting thing about that is because there's so much progression in the cannabis industry between THC, legalizing states, even psychedelics, all these other things yeah. are are coming fast forward to the market. So the whole yeah. paraphernalia things, they kind of like haven't dealt with. It's almost like, ah, we'll deal with that later. And it's it's actually kicked my ass several times. I was part of a launch of a cannabis museum in, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, I remember you doing that. Yeah, and when they, Cannabition, and when they opened up, they were able, when they finally got their approval, they actually, the city approved them to open up, but they had to cover my vases because they were paraphernalia. So they could open up a cannabis museum with giant nugs that you took pictures with and you slid down a smoke ring slide and into a nug bed. All of that was fine. But my little vases, because they were actually paraphernalia and we didn't have a license for paraphernalia in this museum, 
couldn't be shown. It was like this wah wah. <laughs> because uh, you know, on the podcast, it's, it's audio, so you can find your vases on mybudvase.com, yeah. right? So I would recommend anybody uh, go to our Instagram because you're going to see the, the most diversity and how many people all over the world are, especially women, have fallen yeah, in love with it. Yeah, so it's just at mybudvase or vase, however you like to say it. And, you know, we have over 100,000 followers and, and built that organically and have such a strong community of, like, women and sophisticated smokers. And, you know, we're just – this is like home consumption to me. You know, cannabis is the, the stereotype around it and just the heady nature of, you know, it's like people hide it and it's, it's just not quite – for your home, you would put on your coffee table or on your bar table. And that's what I wanted to do. I sought out to create something that would revolutionize home consumption and make it easier to be able to consume at home. And sure enough, when you're sitting here with a gorgeous, gorgeous vase that you love anyhow, before it yeah, even, they're beautiful pieces. Before it even has, holds your best strain and ha- gives you your best bud, you know, buzz, like bef- when you're just looking at the pieces, you like them. So if you, if you have home decor and then you have it so much more, like what could be better than that? Yeah, they, they really are beautiful pieces. And I'd encourage you to get on the Instagram and check it out at my bud vase to see what we're talking about. Is these are, though they're not priced out of this world, you know, they're not a, yeah. Cheap by any means, but the, you know they're they're not a uh, crazy expensive, but they're very nice artistic pieces. And your so you, and, and your target audience really is making women. Uh, you you tell me you, you. Our target on yes is primarily women. We don't want to isolate men, but most of our pieces are floral. Mm-hmm. We do have a few more masculine pieces like coyote. This piece that went top bong in Canada, and that's our D'Angelo set. That's more masculine, and we're gonna do some more. You that's know, the D'Angelo set? Mm-hmm. I, I would like one of those. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. See, okay, of course, a man likes that goes right yeah. to that. That's perfect. It actually fit like But, you know, desk. and having been to these trade shows, when you see most of the um, paraphernalia out there in the market, it is very masculine. Masculine in several ways. It's either functional, like beyond belief, like triple chamber, honeycomb, percolator, blah, blah, you know. That's masculine, functional? It, it, it is. Because, yeah, it is, because yeah, men yeah. like to build bigger, better, bigger cars, bigger things, bigger trap, bigger bubbles, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And those pieces tend to be very, like, industrial, big pipes and, you know, or... Sorry, but our paraphernalia is very phallic. So from that point of view, a man is designing this to, in, in essence, you know, when when I was smoking and men would hi- hand me a bong, I felt like, yeah. you know, like, it's, oh. It's interesting to hear. I'm just trying to listen. Right. And, and many, 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 all women feel this at some point, you know, it's just, I mean, let's, let's get some sexual energy here. It's a phallic thing, bong. So when you go to a trade show like the one I'm about ready to go to, um, the champ show in Orlando, it's when you walk through the aisles, you see very phallic bongs. You know, they're big and they go in, you know. So I just wanted something that was a little bit more, um, uh, just a little classier for women, something that would be prettier around a woman's face. You know, like... Yeah, just, it's, well, I, I love that. Part. So that's really the mission for you. Again, part with, with the podcast or for people on a mission, arts, entrepreneurship, or activism, we're going to start back at the beginning. I, I want to let Doreen tell you a little bit about what she does because what for I was telling you when we were setting up that what the listener gets at is I want I have people that I know who do things, real things, and they build things and companies and nonprofits and to get a pick the brain of somebody who's built what you've built, not only in my bud vase but in post no right. bills. So we're gonna start back there and then come back to where we okay, are today. Okay. Which is amazing. Um, just everything you do. But your mission and that's what I say is really your target audience is bringing some sophistication to the cannabis space with women and that. And I, fu- I found it so interesting the first time you told me, just not being your target audience, I would have never thought of that. Right. So our mission is to normalize home consumption, you know, provide women with a beautiful product, and also to, you know, celebrate the spirit of cannabis through feminine energy. Do you believe that when you say celebrated that women – and their mental health could be improved versus, let's say, pharmaceuticals using cannabis. When you say that, is that what you're saying? I don't want to put words in your mouth there. I'm asking what you're kind of talking about. Well, I think 
all in all areas of healthcare, people are exploring cannabis options as opposed to opiates, as opposed to, you know, there are women that have endometriosis and they're having huge, you know, um, cycle problems. There are women that are just, you know, we have women, everybody, anxiety, you know, anxiety and cannabis is, so this almost gives you peace of mind. I feel our product, and this came from my consumption, like from decades. Right, this is part of your story, right? Right, for decades, you know, I've hidden my cannabis consumption. I'm a, I'm from California. I started my agency in New York City, so I'm in like LA New York girl who wound up in the South through a marriage. And <laughs> talking about this Charleston and Poly in South Carolina. I know, I went from, I went from New York Sydney to Prosperity, South Carolina, a town of a thousand people. And, you know, I loved it and I embraced it and, and made it work and had kids and all that stuff. But um, I then I have to start hiding my consumption. and From your kids? From my kids, yeah, from my town, out. from anybody, because it was so taboo in the South. I mean, in L.A., you know, like you smell it on the corners, even before legalization, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're hip, we're cool. It's, you know, it's a part of a lifestyle. In the South, it's it's criminal. I mean, it's just really like you've got to worry about a seed, for Christ's sake. And it's just, yeah. as somebody who's spent, you I mean, know, literally, for Christ's sake, we're talking about seeds from the earth. Right. I mean, it's, it's just like. And, and God and, gave me every seed-bearing plant. And, exactly. And so that's what's so ridiculous about it. And so. You know, but then also as a, I was a very busy mom and, um, you know, we would have like my kids dance, Carson dance, you know, my daughter. And so the dance moms and the kids would come over after school. So I was, I was always hiding my cannabis consumption and necessity breeds invention. Right. Yeah. Um, and so what was I solving? Like one is it was a pain in the ass to go up into the closet, get the box out, get the bong, fill it with water. You know, it was, it looked like I had something that was so, it didn't belong yeah. in my kitchen, on my table, in my house. It was a bad secret I had. And I loved cannabis, but I hated that. I felt yeah. I couldn't consume it in you a know, beautiful feel way. Like, I feel as a 40-some-year-old man, I thought uh, often my bedroom could look like a dorm. Right. right. If you got a bong in there. Right. Yeah. It would fit right in the This masculine couch. one you got. And these bong, it's, it's, that's why I actually call them bongs or vases. These don't look like typical bongs at all. Just to, again, if you're listening to this, really get on there and check them out. I, yeah. That's why, I, because you, I wouldn't necessarily call because part of what you're talking about, this normalizing it, it's, it's not like you could have a beautiful art piece. Right. Right. Of. This well, simple just, contraption, just, like you have a wine cellar, right? I was just going to say exactly that. You have a wine cellar. You have, you know, I have a clock that celebrates margaritas. You know, it moves, right. and you know, I mean, so it's okay to consume alcohol in any sort of pop culture way. It's okay to go to a bar and have a bud man riding a bottle like a rocket. You know, like and that's ten feet tall. That's die cut and like welcoming you. But then you have a little fucking plant, you know, yeah, from God, I and it's disagree. like, oh my God, it's so, science. For one, right, is what you're talking about is if, if you deny the the properties of cannabis, you're denying science. That's what you're denying because it, the science is real. Right, it's there. Right. You talk about even psychedelics, which is a whole other level. But you know, again, I'm a believer in a study or of knowledge. And yeah, the the studies at John Hopkins University they're doing right now in psychedelics, and then I believe Denver has looked at. Yeah. Legalization with yeah. Uh, psilocybin. And again, John Hopkins University, if, if you're not familiar with this, go on and just Google John Hopkins University psychedelics. And there is years of study now and millions of dollars studying the effects of anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, cancer uh, patients who are terminal. Well, they're even saying now, I don't know if you've heard this, that like mushrooms put on trash can actually compost it. Yeah. And mushrooms might be our solution for healing the world because literally if mushrooms are thrown on all this trash, it literally composts it. So if, if we want to go off on a tangent here for a second, <laughs> we can. Is because again, we're talking about science, right? Mushrooms are a fungus that grows. You have it on pizza all the time. Right, right, yeah, right. And right, so right. to say it should be illegal, I mean, I understand that there are limits and things, and don't get me wrong, right? I, you don't let a kid go drink liquor either. Right. right? You know what I mean? Right. A 15-year-old well, kid can't go drink liquor even though it's legal. And, right? It'd be and, the same with any of these And that's things. another thing that's so important about my product because, you know, and when I talk about normalizing, I just want to make it easier. Like, peace of mind, you know, if you're – because we still are dealing with e illegal, illegal, illegalities. Illegalities. 
it's really beneficial if you were just smoking. If I just went up to this vase, turned it around, smoked a little bit, and put it back on my shelf in, in literally just such a short amount of time, it's now safe. No kid's going to walk in and know what that is. No nosy neighbor that's still, you know, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's like that peace of mind. It's not to, to hide it, but we say that our product is beautifully displayed or hidden in plain sight. Yeah. And that's part of what we I wanted to do. I wanted to just solve this problem of, you know, having this heady bond that's behind your couch that doesn't no. fit in your house. And, you know, you know that you would sit at a coffee table and have something pretty, like no. your new set that you want over here. I do. I'm going to take one with me if you've got an extra. No, i got to take it to, I gotta take it to Orlando. You don't have another one? I, I do, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm serious. And I want one of those for my desk. Okay, you got it. You uh, got it. You got it. See how that works? You guys see this this e-commerce going on right here? Yeah, no, no. I, well, believe me, I want, you know, for me, it's been um, trying to get to a healthier way of consuming. We'll talk about that. Okay. Because uh, I want to keep going because it's such an amazing story you have um so back to you're, you're doing postal bills which is your advertising agency you you've climbed the corporate ladder in that way and it's going well right you, you're like right. are, I mean, you, are you not fulfilled or i just got to the point where i you know i've been making so many beautiful things for corporate america very complicated things for corporate america big projects like you know fantasy football projects or like handheld talking mirrors and all sorts of crazy shit that i've made so i'm a one of my favorites is you made um for the, the killer music movie um, oh, almost famous! Yeah, almost famous. One of your promotions was you guys gave keychains out for a backstage pass. Yeah, well, right? actually, what we did is we made we did a national radio promotion. So what happened is the the film company was smart and they did a tour because it was about music. So they toured the movie, and what we did is we did we worked with radio stations all across the country, and we made these keychains that were old school, like a hotel room. Yeah, I've seen and, one. Of them. And my tagline was better than a backstage pass because it was a ticket, a key to the band's. Party yeah. after party. So the radio stations in all those cities gave away those keychains. One of them opened the door to the private party when the when the show promoted in that market. Yeah. So there was a door that you went to on the way into the concert, and the, the key that you won on the radio station for the month promoting beforehand opened it up. You got to party with the band at the end of the night. So, so just to give you, your listeners an idea of the kind of things Doreen was doing, right? And that was with Almost Famous, the movie, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the kind, when she says these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. So that's the kind of work you're doing, right? Fun, you know, creative. Right. But I was doing it for other people, and it's not like I ever minded that, but somehow after three decades... And after a lot of pressure, when I moved to Charleston, it was not an easy transition. And I went through a lot of rough times. And the more I had, I struggled, the more I just was like, I just want to do something for myself. And the more I relied on cannabis to get me through the hard times. So, you know, the story, and this is, a, I'll give you guys the quick version of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had I had gotten, smoked a little marijuana after work. And I just um, was in my condo, took a few hits. And um, some, there was a knock on the door because there was all this construction happening and they had to get in my attic. So they knocked on the door and I did the, oh shit, hide the bong dance. Like, oh my God. And I hid my bong amongst <laughs> my vases in my house so that it couldn't be seen. And, you know, did the, you know, blew out the smoke, sprayed the spray, the whole thing. When they came in and then when they left, they never saw anything. But when they left, um, I, my bong was next to a vase that was shaped like a bong. And that's when I had the aha moment. And that's when I saw, and that's why I say, you know, there's such insight into ingenuity, into entrepreneurism, into what you're talking about, you know, originals that change the world. They have a visual insight that shows them things or makes them hear things that they don't normally see. So I saw this bong next to this vase and it was the same shape. And I was just like, I'm just going to try it. And that's the next day I, I went to our friend, Sean Murray, who was on Folly Beach, you know, Sean, who had Mozart, the big dog. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, you know, he helped me start. You, know, you actually make your first prototype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just get a drill out? We, we got we got drills out. We bought, we broke shit for six months. So as you get this lady, you literally go find vases. I go for it. I just want right, You go find vases. You start drilling holes in them. That's I, what you're doing. Yeah, but some of the materials are old and they're antiques. And so you don't know if it's going to crack or if it's porcelain or pressed mm-hmm. glass or blown glass or molded glass. Just trial or, and error? Crystal, yeah. That's how you do it, right? Just- I spent six months. And I mean, I did everything from Baccarat crystal to freaking, you know, like plastic just to see what would happen, to see what precision. And I think that's why so many men like my product because it's really well made. You know, yeah, they're it is really quality. gorgeous. It's so true. 
And so after doing repurposing vintage vases, then I started scaling up and making our signature collection. So I've been making product my whole life. And so I was like, you know, I have a factory, you know, one factory is amazing at relief flowers. These are the ones that are sticking out of the vases. The delicate very classic flowers. looking ones. Right. So I have like one factory that does that. One factory that can make any shape. So Yamaya, my mermaid bong, I designed that with the concave so that it didn't, you know, you had some texture to it and the... You know, so it's, I've been working, I'm now I'm traveling the world and working all over the world. Like I'm going to Mexico this summer and I want to find a pressed glass factory and I want to, I want to work in colored glass right now. That's my new obsession. So I get to like be an artist and go, oh, I'm into this. Why, why that obsession? I love obsession. That's what missions are obsessions. Yes. It's missions are obsessions. I mean, I mean, I just, it's just another medium. Like I feel really good about porcelains. You know, like from porcelain to that's stoneware. Those are porcelains? Yeah, those are yeah. porcelain. That's stoneware. You know, I mean, that's porcelain, like with the texture and a gold rim. Um, I feel good about ceramics. You know, I've been doing a lot of ceramics. Mm-hmm. I want to just do more glass now. I'm working, you know, with like pressed glass, colored glass, molded glass, um, yeah. all that. You know, maybe do like some unique blown glass bowls. And, you know, I just want to create. Yeah. I just get to create artistic. So, so you have this aha moment, right? You're sitting there in your apartment, and you're starting to go, wait a minute, I have something here that, um, again, a unique product, no doubt. And it, it's one of those, I think, just, it's like so, like one of those moments where somebody clicks in that light when you go, well, surely somebody's done that, right? I mean, right? how can nobody have... Well, and no, and there was like, you know, Grandma's Boy, right? That that mm-hmm. movie, have you ever seen that? Where no. Oh, it's like this famous thing. Everybody sent it to me. It's like this uh, grandmother comes to visit her son or grandson, and she cleans. And she's like, "I cleaned out your vase. It smelled really funny. It was a bong." Yeah, yeah. So there, there, there have been people that I mean, in essence, you know, it's innovation. I'm, you know, it's a whole. Yeah. It's just in a different place. It's yeah, just, they're vases, right? I mean, they're that's what they are. Right, they're they made. They have, have a stem in them. Right, exactly. So. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it is just that ingenuity in the product, but it's it's a simple ingenuity, but it's about making the best product, the best printing, the best, you know, the golden rim on that vase up there, Burmese, um, is just stunning, you know, and just yeah. getting the quality because, you know, when you're manufacturing stuff, it's not easy, but I've been doing it my whole career, so I know how difficult it is to get something to market. And... Um, you know, it's not just one vase you're buying. So our pieces, you know, have the vase and the dance stem and the bowl and the tag and the ribbon and the flowers. And the flowers clear your bowl. They're made to clear your bowl. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I've used it at Doreen's house. Yeah. yeah. And then we have, like, certificate of authenticities and extra flower pokers. And so, you know, like one piece could have 10, 15 elements in it. And so that's kind of where I'm differentiating myself as I'm really decorating these pieces out and theming them because my background is in entertainment marketing. So every new signature piece is like, for us, it's like a, it's like a movie, you know, what's the key art, what's the theme, you know, um, I'll show you an example with, um, something new that nobody's seen yet. Cool. And, um, why, why we're having this? So for you, I'm, from what you're saying, the, the idea of bringing, creating a product, bringing it to market, kind of that's that was your natural strong suit. And everybody, if you if you have a mission, there are things you're going to be good at, things you're not, and you kind of have to hire. And this is again one of the things. So this is, like, but you had never done anything like this, never been around the cannabis business, right? The business of oh no, and this, this was a true pivot for you from the average. Like I said, the, the advertising was going to help obviously in this business. That's kind of one of the things I do. You talk about I have my hands in everything. Yeah, we have this cotton patch CBD at the common market, and I had not worked in the cannabis space. I've been a consumer in the cannabis space, and I've been like aware of the cannabis space. But you know, I've worked in music video, home video. Um, um, a college, you know, edu- higher education, um, Olympic sports, definitely. But, but in retailing the product, was that a change? I mean, I'm just asking. because. Oh, know. yeah. I went from a service business to a product business. Right, so, yeah, so your advertising agency was a service, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, I did make product. I manufactured product, but as a service to other companies. Right, and that it was, was my of own product. Advertising project, yeah, right? I would make something for, you know, ESPN for Home Run Derby, maybe. Right. You know, or make or something. Or the whole campaign. Yeah, yeah. So I would do that, and that's why I'm such a... 
I made so much product. I mean, I've made over $75 million worth of custom products in my 30 years. Really? Yeah, like a shit ton of... That is a shit ton and of so, And the good thing is I know how to make things, you know, because I've made so many different things. Everything I made was about a movie, so it wasn't like the same thing. I'm not just making t-shirts or just making mugs or just making whatever, you know, like notebooks. I was customizing product. Yeah. So, like, for example, this is why this piece is like my new favorite piece. Um, so this is Vamp. So this is a little Art Deco sort of dainty ass. Yeah, that base. is sweet. Isn't that cute? So yeah. it's got this beautiful black blown um, glass bowl. It's a we designed a um, you know cannabis leaf. Yeah, like, yeah. How much is this Vamp? This is going to be one fifty. Yeah. And it also comes with um, this amulet. So this is actually something that women wear with on a, on a thing, ah, yeah, which string, which you know gives it the little deco feel. It comes with our new flower pokers that I just made. And this is my favorite thing. Look at this. So in the earrings, it comes with these little rhinestone earrings. I saw that on the back. That's what those are, his earrings? Yeah. So let me read this. So this is, her name is Vamp. And this is what I'm talking about. Like what we do is like releasing a movie. So it says, Prohibition, Flapper, Zelda, doing the Charleston, Painted Red Lips. We're living through another magical era of female empowerment. Let's celebrate and make these 20s even better than those 20s. Ooh, I dig that. So, I really do. So what I'm trying to do right now in The Entrepreneur, I'm trying to find something that is pro prohibition like to you know pro like to legalize cannabis i'm trying to work with a prohibition partner to do something with this piece because it's you say too a big. prohibition partner right that somebody mean? that's like fighting for prohibition you know like fighting for legalization and right. getting out of prohibition you yeah, know i just if somebody who's listening when they yeah you know, like these yeah. lingos we're in being in the, the space it's you've the, heard end, of, the end of the day conversation here <laughs> did that make any sense yeah I, so, you know, I'm, I want to support legalization and, and prohibition. That's part and, of your mission with this, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so this piece in general is just like a really empowered piece to be able to do that. So I'm looking for, you know, because we can do giveaways and we can help raise money through these pieces. And, you know, I have a thousand of these, you know, in route to me now. So this is going to be a this big launch. a beautiful piece. Isn't yeah, it beautiful? Is. I just love her. Ah, so much fun. So, so again, you've got, you're making this pivot. You, you fall into it. We've already talked about what Charlie said, right? You hear everything. And, and so I knew, Doreen, through the first couple of years where, again, kind of going this different direction, you're out talking to investors, right, doing all these different things like everybody in a startup's doing. Right. And you kind of know this world because of being around it. But in making your own product, this is really was quite a transition. I remember you and I going through this. and Yes, and... Here's the crazy thing. You will love this as an entrepreneur. So you know, because you knew me, we, you know, even when we were working together a little bit through my agency, yeah. right? So Absolutely. And that's so how I met you. I didn't... There was a point where I thought maybe I'll shut down the agency. But in reality, my agency is the company that my bond business hires and goes to to develop the product yeah so in essence i've become my own biggest customer yeah absolutely so and that's part of your business model you're saying right? yeah that's part yeah of and, and <clears throat> part of that is because i didn't want to <coughs> excuse me lose you know three decades of building an agency you know and then covid came in and gave me a chance to focus this last year on just my bud vase but, yeah. i mean we still did you know we still do um work for Columbia. We do a lot of billboard buying and print buying. We still do work for other companies, but it scaled way back. If I didn't have my bud vase, I could have been, I could have been in big trouble right now as an agency because a lot of people went. Oh know. yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think like, right? the agencies last year were hurting because oh, they had money. To and, and I do right? so many events. I mean, I was working on the, oh, that's true. I was working on the masters, the um, final four, and also um, the, uh, the draft. You know, literally, yeah. I hadn't met with ESPN twice already, and in Vegas, working on a, the ginormous draft event, and you know, it all got canceled. So I would have really been in trouble. But fortunately, my bud face just went woo because everybody stayed home and got high. <laughs> yeah. So we. Well, yeah, like, so let's talk about that room. That's a great. So um, again, I knew it through the beginning of it. It was going. It was doing well. But in the COVID era, you guys saw a spike in sales. We grew 500% last year. Which, you know, again, for any entrepreneur, right, that, that's 
I, it's, so that's the listen, good stuff, right? It's such the good stuff, but I don't don't think that's just going to be that easy. I will tell you, I've got thirty years of highs and lows. I mean, I was a million seventy thousand dollars in debt after I got divorced and lost, you know, uh, lost my LA stuff during nine eleven. Like, yeah, you know, the, as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to be so flipping resilient, yeah. and you have to be able to pivot, 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 find opportunities, and then go after them. You know, go after them on the side while you're moving forward. You know, make sure. You're yeah. growing. And, and to tell you all this, this is true. When I met Dory, like I said, she was out pitching this idea to investors, and then you made some pivots on how you were going to go forward. But what she's telling you is real, right? She's out there after years of being in it. And I know Dory, she's got an amazing place right here on Folly Beach, and you're right trying to figure out your hustle. I mean, I literally. When I moved to Charleston, I had a completely different vision of my professional life. I thought I was going to be having, you know, lunches with you know, major <laughs> high um, impact people in the community, people that were making change, that were like running, you know, hospitality divisions. And because I did that in Columbia, you know, I was really agency for the community and coming up with really clever ideas to grow you know, tourism, to grow, you know, yeah, experiences, yeah, to grow hospitality. And it just didn't work. And, and this took off. And I was like, this is crazy. I mean, I even told my kids, I'm like, do you know that your mom is going to actually pivot into a bong business? And they're like, are you really? And I'm like, I am. Yeah. I'm, and- so when did you make up your mind that right there? Right? Like, so you're telling the kids now, right? the kids saying, you, your friends are telling you, you're out of your mind. Yeah. You made up your mind that I'm doing it. Well, I'm one of these people, like many people, that don't like to be told no. (laughs) So when I had to kind of, I almost hid my business as I was growing it from my my staff and my agency because they were like, you don't care about personal bills. I'm like, don't tell me what I don't care about. You know, I care about it. I just, I see the opportunity and I can't help but grow something new, tend to the new growth. That's what I do. So... I started really, you know, uh, 2016 I launched. It was 2017, the, the beginning of 18. 18 was the big year of like, this is, I'm, I'm pushing the pedal full throttle here. But um, I was trying to raise money for 18 months. And I'm telling you, Mike, it was ridiculous. Like I had, I well, thought. I knew you through this, but go ahead. Yeah, I thought I had the greatest product. I thought, I mean, I was on a silver platter. I have a, a huge history of success. I have a really innovative product. I'm in an industry that's about ready to blow up and yeah, become legal. So you know, I, and, and I'm, I'm like a creative, like a happy, creative woman that has got talent. And I don't mean, I'm not trying to be hubris and brag. I'm just saying. I have, you've got a resume that speaks right, for that. I can deliver the goods, you know. Yeah. And so I, I would tell these potential investors when I was talking to them, I'm like, listen, if, if, if I was a band, you would want to make sure that we can write hit singles and that you're, you know, you're investing in something that it's going to keep returning because you have another hit single and another hit single. Yeah. I'm like, every single piece that I'm launching, you know, and the more I tried, to, the more I brought new products to market that had successful launches, the more I would add that to my pitch decks and say, look at how this did. Look at, I sold out of 500 pieces in three months. Look, you know, and I would be showing these things and the investors still didn't care. When you say they didn't care, they just didn't. I see just, potential. I mean, just, if you could narrow down to one thing, what was the thing that they didn't want to come off of for, for whatever reason? That's a really good question. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, I'm just trying to learn myself. I, That's, again, one of the things I love for the listeners. I, I think, you know, I feel that my Bud Vase is a community brand, and I think part of the problem was most of the investors were male, and they couldn't quite see the connection to women that I knew was building. So, you know, it was like... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you don't know the market, you know, you don't know it. Right, and so they were looking at like, oh, this seems cute and this seems pretty, but they didn't realize how functional it was. And then once they saw the functionality, they were like, well, everything else is different, so we don't know, so let's see. You know, and so it's it was really like... I even had somebody tell me at one point, you know, you could save a lot of money if you didn't put the flowers in them. And I'm like, that's my whole shit. Like, <laughs> like well, what, what do you mean? Like, what are, this is what makes my bud. You put a flower on a bud face, you know, like. Well, you know, and one of the things for, if you think about niche products, and you've got a niche product, uh-huh. and then a niche within a niche, I would say, you know, your target audience, the beauty is you have to be able to sell a premium because, you know, you really can't sell, right? This isn't the Walmart of bongs. You're not trying to be in no, every nor do I college want to. dorm, right, in the country. You're trying, you know. And so 
That's very interesting way because one of the things that does make your pieces so beautiful, right, is it's not just the bong. It's really not. When you go on the, the site, y'all, you'll see it on the Instagram. I'm, as I look around, we're sitting in a booth that's going to be a trade show in Vegas. Yeah, right? no, not Vegas. It's going to Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, for this, yeah, right? for champs. You've been all um, over doing these. Yeah, the, your um, champs was in Ve- it was is in Vegas, but you're right about that. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, I, it's all good. Where, where are you guys going by the time this airs here? We, you've probably already been there and back, but you're going to. Uh, yeah, so um, champs is one of the industry trade shows, and it, usually the biggest champs show is in Vegas, which is what I mentioned. I, that was the last show I did in um, 2020 before COVID. It was yep. at the end of Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the last yeah. ones. And now it's the first one I'm doing in Orlando. So we're leaving tomorrow to head down there. It's, yeah. it's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Orlando. So we're all like COVID safe. I'm bringing a mermaid to my trade show booth because I have a mermaid bong. And um, it's so beautiful. It's like shaped like a mermaid's tail. And so it is a beautiful. That's the one I always loved before I saw this one over here. I love it. Oh, my God. It's just such a gorgeous piece. The colors and the ombre and the... And see, okay, so this is what I'm talking about. Like, you guys have to look at the mermaid bong. So it's got a cowrie shell. And a cowrie shell is the symbolism of femininity. So this is supposed to be a woman's, you know what. And this is supposed to be her pregnant belly. Yeah. And so yeah. this is this Makes is like Beyonce sense. has this whole cowrie necklaces and stuff yeah. like that. So I imported the shells directly from South Africa where the, the legend of the feminine, femininity of the shell came from. So I just wanted to really honor women with this whole mermaid piece. And I targeted... I actually targeted the mermaid culture because I don't know if you know this, but there's a whole mer culture. There is. Uh, I've seen it on, online. Yeah. So I actually uh, found a mermaid and who was a consultant and a media person. And I reached out to her and I paid her to consult me on the culture. And I learned that there's pods in Singapore and Nashville and all over the world. I learned that the, the fantasy mermaid culture is huge. And so I actually marketed first to that culture to do the early pre-marketing, to give them pieces, to get a buzz, to have mermaids with their little seaweed sessions. And so then my cannabis industry was like, what the hell is this woman doing? There's mermaids all over the place. So I'm actually now bringing a mermaid to the trade show. Really? Yeah, because that, like, I mean, you know, it's funny. My job in my career has always been to create a buzz, to do stuff that gets people As talking As a PR agency, right? That's right. your job? Right. So ironically, it's like the ultimate creating a buzz. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, that's great. Um, for you, except that's the part that came natural. What part came most unnatural for you? Oh, it's every day still unnatural. <laughs> the unnatural part is... The organization, I'm a gatherer, and I can't organize it. And it's just, like, uh, I'm still struggling with it. This is just, you know, there's always something that gets you in everything you do, you know? And so I say that all of us are 80% great and 20% shit. So my shit has to do with organization. It has to do with... um, So the 80-20 always applies. uh, Yeah, it has to do just with, like condensing things i i'm a gatherer which is i'm really good at so i gather all these things but then i can't condense them to get to that final product and i it always happens i mean i've been doing this for freaking three decades but it's my anxiety is that you know like oh it's not ready to go out it's not perfect you know this should have been a capital b not a small b or you know something like that and coming from an agency background where i was liable for clients if there was one typo you know i come from that really strict and it matters. I mean, it right. really does, as you know. I mean, and believe me, as a guy that's put out more typos than he cares to have. Typos but. or art files or just something said wrong or an Instagram. Like, look at how much time you spend on your Instagram. You do a nice job, by the way. Megan, not as good as you guys, but I'm, I'm getting better at yeah, it. You like, inspire me. I like that picture that you did with the sunset behind it. You know, like oh, combining you. things is nice. And I'm I'm following your journey, and I'm excited when you're home. And I, I feel you excited to be out there, and I feel your family. So you are. You're connecting to me beyond posting whatever yeah but god almighty how many hours do you spend on your instagram all of it i mean you're right it's it's a full-time job it is and i love doing this i mean doreen and i are sitting in our headquarters here but to make this podcast work i mean even you if you knew right you've just had a a huge day you're getting ready to leave on a thing now you got to take 45 minutes to do a podcast and it's fun but it's work 
Right, but I'm glad to, to be doing it. Now yeah. that I, listen, Mike's asked me to do this for a while, and I'm like, if I don't do it now, we're just not going to get it done yeah. because 420 is coming. Yeah. So, like, literally, this is our season. I feel it, you know. Yeah, we know you get better at what you do is you can see my setup now to come to your shop and right and be plug and play so I can do this professor like you thought, right? Each episode's got to be... Was this hard to set up? No, not now. Not, not with all this equipment. <laughs> That's nice. I might. I, I would love to do this too. Like I'd love to interview people on cannabis, and you know, I can see you doing it because you're. You know, Doreen has a great. If you go to their Instagram again, there, there's a video of Doreen. She really explains a lot of this. Um, her real passion, and uh, she even gets a little teary eyed, not in a bad way. I I know. I was saying, damn it. Also, I don't want to take you away from the website. If you go to mybudvase.com, um, all of our products are for sale there. Um, there's a if you're new, there's a 20% welcome code, so you just get a welcome 20 right off the bat, and we ship we ship discreetly all over the world. So we've awesome. um, yeah, Tony, you I don't know if you met Tony. My she's like my right hand. She's very um, she's our director of operations, and she's literally set up such a seamless operation. We're now in about 300 stores and growing. That's really? Really? That's what Champs is to find the retail stores. It's a, yeah, so it, it's yeah. a distribution it's, network. It's a B two B. B two B distribution. So I'm interested in putting some of these in the common market. By the way, of course. Yeah. I, like I said I sell Will's Cotton Patch hemp. We sell oh. three rolls, and uh, you know it's THC free hemp, or up to the point oh three. Because Indiana is also a uh, prohibition state. It's an interesting way to say it, right? I like that. Right, it's prohibition right, right, state. It's right, not that right. it's illegal. <laughs> These sons of bitches are just keeping plants illegal. I swear to God, it's crazy, right? It really is. It's interesting. Is we just let's talk about cannabis a little bit. Like I said, to me, it's science. I love your mission. Is you know, this has only been like this since 1937. This isn't. It hasn't even been a hundred years and all the existence of time in that. It's anti-science. It, you know, it just something happened and somehow they got it passed. But it needs to come to an end. What it's doing to people of poverty and communities of color on oh, top of it. Yes. Right? And, and if you guys get a chance, there's um, an Instagram to go to. It's called The Last Prisoner Project. And it was created with uh, Steve D'Angelo. He's like the father of cannabis. And like it's. Yeah, I saw Steve had made a comment on your. Yes, go ahead with yes. It's a great comment from him. But like people can really support, you know. Um, decriminalization getting people out of prison like they're on a mission to get every prisoner out for cannabis and they're really really getting ready to push a federal campaign for legalization so awesome. yeah, we're, yeah we're definitely going to be working on that that's probably where vamp is going to make her spotlight shine you yeah. know i love the way you approach it just so you guys know again she's talking about vamp one of each bong is named uh, for its series, its feel, its spirit, right? Right, right. Like we have the Lotus set, and this is Coyote here because it's Coyote's the harbinger of yeah. change and, you know, stardust. It's a vamp that this prohibition said, and it's coming. Right? I mean, the federal's coming. I was thinking that a campaign we could do for Joe Biden is, Joe, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and if you stick to this, you will be on the wrong side of science and history. It's, and it's really insulting for you to sit up there and tell us that it's not true. Right. We all know it's true because if you want us to trust you, right. and you say it's going to be different going forward. Right, right, right. right, like, right you need right. to get on the right side of science, Joe. Exactly. But um, on that, I, I think it's coming to your mission is, is for that. For, for me, it's like I have a little sister in prison, and uh, you know, as you know. No, I didn't know that. Thought, we, we talked about it, we just saw what's going on. Um, but Lindsay, my little sis, and it's drug addiction that, that led her down there. Uh. And it has been a pharmaceutical journey. Not that that's the only journey. Not that, you know, um, there's not all kinds of issues with other things. But for me, I think about, because of the illegality of it, how hard it is to separate if you're trying to talk to a young person from these opiates, right. this crystal meth, right, this cocaine. Right. You should avoid at all costs like the plague, even though they're not all going to, right? I mean, we live in Charleston. You know, right. it's a party town. It's a party world. Right. So you, you can't just, you know, it's like anything. Like, it's like trying to teach abstinence with sex. Well, you know, there's still a couple hundred you know, thousand kids. Right, 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 right. It doesn't seem to be working. Right? The war on drugs isn't accomplishing the mission is what I'm it's, getting at. Exactly. And, but, you know, I think, 
I think this young gen- the, this young generation, the new generation is smart and savvy because they have a lot of technology. So on one hand, they're learning so much. You know, they get it. They get that it's a plant. They get that plants are starting to heal. They're getting very involved in healing the planet. You know, this generation, especially going through COVID and all that, I think this is just going to fire them up to change their paradigm shift and really help get this planet where it needs to be. Like Greta Thornburg. Oh, my yeah. God. Listen, I'd follow that woman to the ends of the woman. Yeah. She's a girl. Yeah. A little, I mean, but I... She's probably I, a woman now, right? That was about two years ago. Could be, she was like 16 years old. I right? mean, she's phenomenal. And she's on such a mission to, you know, like heal our planet. And so that's just amazing. So to me, our generation is coming with people like that. The woman who um, who spoke at the inauguration. The girl who did the poem. Yeah, the poem. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Gorman, is yeah. that? Oh, my God. I can't remember God. her last name. But yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So it's stuff like that, Mike, that really gives me hope for our future. And that makes me, you know, when I even think about your sister, like, this is what, what she needs to see. She needs to see that people that are young are able to make their own decisions and make their own success. Because if I was young, I'd be either one of two ways. Either like, what the fuck did you do to my world? Or i got to change this world and I'm going to be empowered. Yeah. You know? and, and, they, and like always, the younger generation is coming up and there's nothing you can do. They're going to do what they believe is right for them. Right? And this right. Is, you're right. And logically, you're going to come to one of those two. Right. Either fuck it, it's not worth it. Right. Or we got to dig in because it's, you know, it is worth it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, I just uh, love yeah, being I able love. to show you a little insight into my world, and I hope. Yeah. I, I got two questions for you, real quick. Okay. Because, uh, like I said, the, the, the point of FM Mission is for people on a mission to take this knowledge and wisdom that we've, you know, you know, cost right. us our heart and soul for. Right. And so when you said you'd hired a COO, was that an answer to your organizational weakness in your own words, if you will? Um, no, I didn't hi- I hired a director of operations. Right. Um, and she's uh, just having the right person in, in a very critical part of the company, like the whole operational side of it has helped me. Um, you know, the, the struggle with my own inadequacies, I still tr- struggle with daily. You know, I need to hire an assistant. I need, I need an assistant. I need a marketing manager. And I need a um, digital media manager and videographer. Right. I don't have enough money for all three of those positions. Even though we're doing well, I have to invest in inventory and I yeah. have to get ready to scale up. And so it's very hard. One day it's like, I need, that, I need that marketing manager. I've got all these deliverables and I can't get them together. The next day it's like, I need an assistant. I don't know where I'm going tomorrow. I don't, I'm not ready for this meeting, you know? Yeah. And this is just a constant struggle. And part of what I'm learning to do is to try to let go and just be so grateful for how far I've come and for the team that I have and for how beautiful my product is and the, the love of my customers and try not to worry about the what's, you know, try to see the uh, what's full yeah. and... Not you have to keep the, 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 the faith, faith and the spirit. Oh, no is- matter what the, the grind does, right? I mean, it, it, there's yes. the idea of the battle and the war. Exactly. You know, and it's so true. And there are some days that the battle will be overwhelming, but you have to remember the war. And, you know, at this point, which is, I, I remind myself, after raising two good kids and having a, the career that I've had, this should be fun. Yeah, this should be fun, and That's so you know, there's some days when I'm the one who's not making it fun because I'm upset with some little minor thing, and I'm trying to let go of that and just be, you know, like I say, blessed. And so, my best friend, I'm going to go pick up at the airport in just a few minutes, who I haven't seen yeah. in several years, and now she's working with us in selling. So you know, to grow and be able to incorporate the right people yeah, in your to life, actually be able, yeah, to, to make impact on your life, yeah, and the people you love. yes, 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 yes. So the one last question then is. After all this time, that if somebody's out there and they're on a mission, they've been wanting to take the leap. And for you, maybe that, again, that part was easier because you're used to high stakes games, right? I am. What What would be your advice after all this time? And like you said, I thought it was great what you said earlier: is don't look at what we do and think you could bootstrap this complete. You would need a decade and a hundred, two hundred, three hundred grand. Right. Right. Don't think you're going to do this for 10 grand in two years. Right. But I think that you, you, I would, the one bit of advice is I would say start. And I always tell people like, imagine a proverbial funnel, whatever you want to build, whether it's an artistic project, a business, start with like, okay, if I had a business, I would name it this. If I, you know, if you see a color 
that you're like, oh, that color is my favorite color. Put it in this proverbial funnel because when you build that business, you're going to need a logo. You're going to need a background. You're going to need things. People always wait too late to start their businesses. They think they're going to wait till they get money. They're going to wait till they get this. Start filling up that funnel because I start things. I'm already starting new things for a couple years down the road. Because I know, like, once that idea comes to me, that's a valuable idea. I'm not going to wait and put it out of my head. I'm going to put it in its own funnel, in its own bucket, and I'm going to continue to develop that bucket until it's ready to... It's like planting a garden, you know? Yeah, like, asparagus right. takes three years. Plant your fucking asparagus now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you that's know? true, right? If you want to harvest it in three years, right. you got to start now. Cause... Right. And people say, oh, I'll wait till the garden tills. I'll wait till it's a perfect rainy day. I'll, and, you know, yeah. like, they wait, and they don't, they don't, they don't move forward, and and then they wonder why they're not happy because life gets busy. Yeah. But once you start that universal energy of creating anything, it, you know you're creative. No. And, and most you of know, your audience is... I agree completely on this is absolutely start wherever you are right. with whatever you've got right now. I mean, I started a flower campaign and everybody's like, what's it for? And I'm like, I don't know yet. you know. But now I'm seeing as spring's coming... You know, I just, because the, the pendulum is shifting from a very hard year, and I hope things are just going to pop up with color and personality and flowers everywhere. And I think flowers and plants are going to heal so much in this world and be very kind of trendy and timely right now. Yeah. So I started... I'm playing a whole uh, factory full of sunflowers. Yeah, 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 it's just like started. So my, my advice is that get started. Put a proverbial funnel... You know, on your phone and start filling it up. Like if you want to do a business, I don't know, let's say if you wanted to do a landscaping business and you had a different idea, nobody's doing, you know, container gardens that light up at night, whatever. Right. You know, then just start building it. Start looking at lighting up container gardens. Start looking at people that are competitive and put all that in your funnel and just like gather it and then it percolates and then the business comes together. Because if you wait, then you're like, oh, what do you want to make? You're like, you don't have anything to pull no. from. I've never started any of my businesses with enough money, time, or any of that. And Doreen, again, is absolutely <laughs> correct. I think this is a great way to end it is just what Doreen's saying is, you know, you have to start. And the excuses, the why you don't, are endless. Uh, they're endless. I mean, right. endless. Yeah, if you want to pick any excuse... And he's just as good as the other, right? And, I mean, that, and that's why I think Mike's here. And that's why I, my business is such a good example for entrepreneurs everywhere. Yeah. Because the I was in a, like, in a prohibition state starting a bong business, you know, after... And there was no reason I should have done this besides my gut. I felt it in my gut, and I trusted my gut. And, and I have to tell you, when I, when I was very good, there was just a time I thought, man, I don't know if you're getting off course just because I knew how successful your other yeah, is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I it was such a dream. I know. You know it really is. It's, it, and, and like you said, you, you took the risk. You had the vision. There are times where we can trust our gut and fail, but I don't think right. that knowing you that part of trusting your gut is you don't fail. Well... Or, I mean, I think you do feel, feel, but what do they say? It's like you either, you either succeed or you learn, yeah. you know? And, and that's what I mean. You're not going to yeah. feel right. So by taking action, you are going to learn regardless. And, and this is the way I look at it when it comes to learning. Like, there are going to be mistakes that you make. And so it's like playing blackjack. You know, you want to win on your, yeah, your big so. hands. You want to win on your big hands, you know. So when I talk to my, when my staff is like, "Oh gosh, we ordered the wrong thing" or whatever, and fortunately, it's like you know that's a little mistake, cost us a couple yeah. hundred bucks, as opposed to a piece that has the wrong color that could ruin the whole line, or you know, like something that's really or the wrong material or something broke because you didn't get the right mm-hmm. container. You know, like those are big mistakes. So you're going to make mistakes. And that's just part of it. And you've got to learn from those mistakes because they're there to teach you things that you maybe yeah. don't see. Yeah, so you don't make them again. Yeah, but um, on a positive note, you guys, I hope you had a good time listening to this little journey. And yeah. I hope um, to continue these conversations with Mike if he ever wants to come back. And I hope you get a chance to go to mybudvase.com or at mybudvase on our Instagram. Follow me, follow the journey, and um, hope to see you in some beautiful garden shop somewhere. Yeah, leave a... Um them a message on their Instagram. Let them know you caught them on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, tag us in it. We're definitely going to have more on all this. Yes. So, um, Doreen Jeez. Sullivan, y'all, founder of My Bud Vase and Post No Bills. Thank you for sharing all this with us. You're oh. very open and transparent. And for the people out there listening, I, you're picking the brain of a person that I know well. 
I've sat on her porch on Folly Beach, and this one, everybody I bring to the show is somebody that's doing something. I told you this. Yeah. It's not people talking about stuff. Right. And I love that, but like you said, start. Yeah. You've at least had to start. Cross that line. Jump on in. All right. Thanks, Mike. Love you. you. Bye, everybody.